Well, welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Welcome to the last season preview review, the review of 2023, the preview of 2024 uh, for this 2023 season. We're going through all the top four sides, the Warriors, the Melbourne Storm, the Broncos, and the Penrith Panthers as well. So a uh, very big episode of the pod, and I'm very keen to go through all of these sides um, going into the back end of this year and then going into next year as well. So we'll start with the Warriors. Uh, who are they getting next year? Well, they're getting Roger Tuovasa-Shek back from Rugby Union. Now, everyone thinks he's going to go back to fullback and it's going to be like he never left. Well, it's not going to be that way. He's going to play centre based off reports. It looks as though... Um, that chance of a clock start will remain at fullback. And he had a terrific year at fullback as well. So I don't have any pushback on that whatsoever. Uh, Roger Tuovashashek come in to play centre. Uh, they obviously lose Viliami Vaila to North Queensland. Um, obviously, that means that there is a spot open in the back line and Roger Tuovashashek pretty much slips right in. I imagine he'll come in for Adam Pompey. Rocco Berry had a terrific year, so I think that he stays in the side going into next year. I cannot see a world where he gets taken out of this team. He was fantastic towards the back end of 2023, so he stays there for me. Rocco Berry and Roger Tuovashashek center pairing. You could do a lot worse. I I feel like this Warriors side is going to be pretty dominant going into next year as well. We'll obviously talk about uh, some of the positives and negatives from this year and then rank them going into next year, putting them in a place on the ladder. Um, I don't think they'll get into the top four, um, though, again. Uh, another in that they've got, actually, is Chanel Harris-Tavita. Now, obviously, he uh, took a break from rugby league. I believe they've re-signed him. Um, to for another year. I think it's only a one-year contract. I'll have to double-check that, though. But they did re-sign him. It was a bit hush-hush. Uh, no one really bounced on that report, but they, he was re-signed during the year. Um, so he'll be back in this outfit as well. I think that's outstanding depth going into uh, next year. He could even make his way back into 5'8 if he plays his heart out. He was the starting 5'8 for this side only two years ago, so uh, he could work his way back into the starting side. Uh, but we'll talk about the starting halves because I am pretty firm on who I want as my six um, going into 2024. Uh, Chanel Astrovita and Roger Tuovashashek come in. Viliami Vaila is uh, leaving to go to the North Queensland Cowboys. And look, if anything tells, we, we've seen uh, a really average, uh, you know, winger from the Canberra Raiders in Semi Valame go over to North Queensland and become one of the primed and informed wingers in the competition, uh, especially when it comes to try scoring. So, uh, Viliami Vaila, I think things are looking up for him. He's a bigger build as well. He could even slot into the back row. Could be another Colony Lemuelu type story, where he's one of those big, uh, ginormous back uh, backline players that maybe makes a shift into the back row. We could see Viliami Vaila play a back row role. Be very, very interesting to see if that does come about. Very similar body shape to a Paul Alamotti as well. A big, uh, big frame uh, and very tough as well in the back line. Um, let's have a look at some of the pointers for the Warriors. We'll start off with the positives. It was an outstanding year, defying expectations for sure. We had the Warriors in the bottom four. We had the Warriors in the bottom four. They get into the top four. 
and then contend for a grand final. That is absolutely insane. Uh, it got to the point where we were not considering the Warriors as a bottom four side, as a side that has been through so much over the past three years, especially during COVID. They were absolutely hammered. Um, this is a this is a new team. This is a top four outfit, and this is a side that can contend for premierships over the next. Two to three years, I think. They've got a really outstanding side. I think this is the year they really could push for one as well. I don't think they get up as high on the ladder uh, by finals time. I think that if they go anywhere for me, I'm picking them to be sixth. I think that they end up sixth on the ladder, um, you know, in terms of how the top eight looks next year. I'm all going to put all that together in a while. I'm not really going to put all that together, um, you know, over the next few weeks. I think it's a bit too early to call yet. Um, we might even get a way too early post. We, we, you never know. I might even do a way too early post and then do another one uh, closer to the season when things change, more signings happen. But at the moment, I've got them in and around sixth. I think that's where they end up on the ladder. Um, outstanding year, defying expectations. I was a big fan of Sean Johnson this year. And a lot of people with his form this year forgot of how poor he was last year. And, uh, you know, he was going through a lot of shit last year. Um, a lot of shit. He was uh, really bad, really average. I wouldn't say bad form, but average form. Uh, the Warriors couldn't win games. He couldn't get any go forward off the back of his forwards. It was a really tough year for the Warriors last year. This year, for them to turn the narrative, make signings that people thought, fuck, this is average. We're going to see the same Warriors um, as before. They come out. Torhu Harris is one of the better locks in the competition. Um, Adam Fanoa Black, one of the better front rowers in the competition. Sean Johnson, one of the better halves in the competition. In fact, he's the Dallium halfback of the year. Has one of the best years we've ever seen uh, from Sean Johnson uh, in his older days now, obviously, in his 30s. Um, fuck, it, it was outstanding from Sean Johnson this year. A massive turnaround, uh, especially when you're looking at last year and how the Warriors and he went uh, personally as well. I thought it was outstanding. Um, just a team of battlers as well. We talked about Harris. We talked about AFB. Jackson Ford had a big year as well. Um, you know, a guy coming over from St. George, not a lot of hype around him. He was always just this battler kid. He goes all right for St. George, but... There weren't many, too many layers to his game. Comes in probably one of the better defensive back rowers in the competition as well. Jackson Ford had a really big year for the Warriors. Uh, I thought he was a smoky for Dallium back rower of the year, obviously before the nominations came out, because he had a really strong defensive year. He was just rock solid there on the edge, ran some great lines as well. He'll be dangerous next year with another full season under his belt too, Jackson Ford. People forget it's only his first full season uh, in a Warriors jersey as well, so we'll see how he goes next year. Uh, Jazz Tavega, I thought he was outstanding. An again, another battler, and we always were keen to see Tavaga um, and Dylan Walker coming off the bench here um, for the Warriors, both providing a ton of impact. Dylan uh, Dylan Walker, sorry. I mean, if you're comparing him to at Manly to now, I would say that he had a little bit less impact now than he did when he was at Manly. It was just a different team, but he was still immense and a huge for the Warriors this season. I mean, he had to come in and play halfback in 5'8 at one stage, and um, oh, I thought his form this season has been great. Absolutely outstanding this year, Dylan Walker. Uh, Jazz Tavega as well, I thought was insane and, and really good. Well, not insane, but I thought that he was really good coming off the bench for the Warriors. Just a team of dead set battlers. AFB, Ford, Tavaga, 
Uh, Dylan Walker and Torhu Harris, just absolute butlers in this team. Really solid season from all of those guys. Um, and I've pretty much locked down that Luke Metcalf is my six. I think that he has to play six next year. Uh, when you're comparing the three five eights that played this season for the Warriors, Dylan Walker for a small two to three game period, a Tomato Martin who was obviously out for a lot of the year, and I'll give that give that to him. I guess that he wasn't there, um, you know, for most of the year, obviously with injury, really unlucky preseason injury. Uh, But Luke Metcalf, we saw a chunk of. And from what I've seen from Luke Metcalf, I am really impressed. Really, really impressed. Um, And I think that he has to be the six next year. Really good uh, at running the ball as well. Great X factor. He almost, almost, and this is a bit of a stretch, but he almost reminds me of a young SJ. Just a little bit less X factor. Obviously, not disregarding the footwork. Uh, But other than that, he is so... So, so good, Luke Metcalf. And I think he's the six for this team. I really do. I don't think that Tomato Martin will be the six. I think he can be a 14 in this team. If they come out next year and Tomato Martin is the six, I won't be too fussed, but I would much rather have uh, Luke Metcalf there in the six. He is outstanding. Um, you can't really bag the Warriors this year either. I mean, they've we've literally changed how we see the Warriors. They're not a bottom team anymore. They are a top side in this competition. They've changed the way we look at this side, and that is huge. That is absolutely huge for the Warriors. I'm grading them a B. I think they've had an outstanding year. I think they get sixth next year, not top four next year, although they could well do that with the side that they've got going into next year as well, a very similar outfit, which is always good for the Warriors. Uh, But I think they do finish around six. I think that's where I see the Warriors going into next year. Um, The next team is the Melbourne Storm. Now, Melbourne currently haven't signed anyone um, as of yet, unless there's someone under my nose that I just don't remember. They haven't signed anyone, but they are losing players. Jaden Nikarima, obviously been released from the club. I think he's taking up a deal with a Super League side, but I don't think he's signed yet. He has been released from the club. Uh, he is also getting married, so congratulations to Jaden Nikarima on uh, you know getting married as well. Big stuff. That's why Cody Nikarima is out of the World Cup for New Zealand because he's going to Jaden's wedding. So congratulations to Jaden Nikarima uh, on getting married. Uh, you know, in terms of the release as well, you're adding, you're losing a little bit of depth in hooker and five eight. Uh, but Tyron Wishart brings that as well. He can play pretty much anywhere for you. So uh, not the biggest loss. No disrespect to Jaden Nikarima, but they've got guys that can cover those positions now. They sort of don't need to hold on to him uh, at the moment. And Tarek Sims, big loss there in terms of experience. He had a really solid back end of the year. He's going to the Catalans Dragons, uh, where James Maloney just retired from, I believe. I don't know if James Maloney's still playing there, to be honest. I think he has gone to a different club now. Um, but I uh, where James Maloney did play and obviously where Mitchell Pierce did play before he's retired. Uh, Tarek Sims goes there to play in the forwards. So uh, congratulations to Tarek Sims on getting a contract over there. Let's talk about the Storm season. Obviously, a few ups and downs and not the Melbourne Storm we used to be seeing either. Yes, they still got into finals. Yes, they're in the top four, but it did feel like a top four side. Now, yes, they got a lot of wins on the board this year. They did. But it's the Melbourne Storm. You've got Cameron Munster. You've got Harry Grant. You've got Nick Meaney, who was sensational this season. You definitely had some outstanding performances. It just didn't feel like a top four side. With them playing, like it, it almost felt like it was a you know, a, it was a top eight side for sure. 
But the way they played this year, it was very different to previous years where they've been so dominant. And what we're used to seeing from the Melbourne Storm being a very dominant side in this competition, they had a lot more losses on the board than they usually do. Uh, And they suffered immensely in games due to the size of their forward pack, a really undersized pack, and it really hurt them for me. Um, Going to the positives first, we'll get back to that. Um, in terms of the positives, round two and three were the only time Melbourne suffered consecutive losses in the season, uh, which I pretty much consider a positive, and that was obviously with defeats coming to the Bulldogs and the Titans, uh, which, again, are very unexpected, but, you know, uh, it's just what the Melbourne Storm, um, they suffered because of their forwards, and, you know, a little bit of early troubles um, obviously hyped them up to play better towards the back end of the season. They were getting more consecutive wins than consecutive losses. It was only time they had consecutive losses in the season. I consider that a positive for Melbourne. Um, you know, they did have a few more losses this season, but to only have one time where you get consecutive losses, I think is impressive. Uh, I think that's what put them in the top four. Alicia Katoa, I thought he was outstanding this year. Um, Big year, big rookie season. I'd consider this his rookie season. He only played a little bit for the Warriors last year before moving over. Um, He was outstanding. He was so, so clutch in some moments as well. He really knows when to turn it on and provides so much X factor, whether that's off a kick, off a short ball, you know, provides so much X factor in this side uh, and a big fucking year and, and great signs going into next year as well. I think he'll start in the back row next year. Uh, big year for Alicia Katoa. Rookie season of Will Warbrick was outstanding. A prolific try scorer, wins rookie of the year as well. So congratulations to him. Uh, I thought when it counted, Nick Meaney coming in, playing for Ryan Pappenhausen, who has been so unlucky with injury. I thought Nick Meany was outstanding. Um, you know, really, really solid stuff from Nick Meany. Played a really tough and exciting brand of football. I feel like um, he did a really, really good job in place of Ryan Pappenhausen. He was scoring tries. He was setting them up. He was almost like a second 5'8". Um, for this Melbourne side, which was really helpful, I think, as well. Um, Harry Grant stood out as he always does. I think every second week or pretty much every week past some, he was the hooker of the year. He, uh, Sorry, the hooker of... He was the hooker of the year, but uh, he was the hooker of the week for consecutive weeks for me. Um, he really stood out this season, had a big year, uh, and obviously that pretty much solidifies him into uh, that kangaroo side, obviously, that came out the other day. Uh, I think the big thing that stood out for me for Melbourne was the ability or the inability, I should say, to compete um, with the top sides uh, with an undersized pack as well. And obviously Ryan Papanehausen being out for so long, I think it just really hindered the confidence. You can see they were playing with a little less confidence. The Melbourne Storm, it felt like for me at least, um, compared to the confidence they have had in previous seasons because they are so dominant. I feel like this year with an undersized pack, with all the things that were happening with Pappy, you can see it in their faces when he went down, um, you know, in that last game um, this season as well, that everyone was just devastated around him. And they came against Brisbane when he went down. Uh, Everyone was just devastated. You can see how much Pappy matters to the boys around him as well. And, um, you know, how everything that he's going through is having a massive toll on the boys as well. Um, look, I might be a bit hypercritical here, but I thought that in terms of previous seasons, it was a very quiet season for Cameron Munster. Um, you know, we are used to seeing him having these big, massive, consistent, uh, or consistently having these big, massive performances. Uh, whereas this year it was sort of, I guess he was, he'd have a big performance and then he'd, 
Um, give the mantle over to Jerome Hughes. I don't mind that. But I felt like it was a bit of a quiet season this year compared to previous ones for Cam Munster. I feel like he um, could have had a little bit more of an impact on games for the Melbourne Storm. Um, now, I'm not saying that he didn't have an impact on any of the games for Melbourne. That is um, definitely far from what I'm saying. What I am saying is that I feel like in terms of, in regards to other seasons, uh, past seasons for Melbourne, this one was very quiet. And I feel like that coincides with the fact that they do have an undersized pack and they don't have as much go forward as they have, in, have had in previous seasons as well. I think that changes next year. Uh, I think Alicia Katoa has a big impact. Josh King, I thought in the middle, was super underrated as well. Um, I feel like they need to go into the market. Uh, at the back end of this year and look for some more front rowers, some mongrel front rowers. Uh, I was watching the Guru live the other day um, and well, yesterday well, yesterday when I'm recording this, but um, I was watching the Guru live the other day and he was talking about, uh, the question was asked about Tino um, and how if, I guess, when he left, it, it sort of shifted in terms of the aggression and uh, if Tino leaving had a big impact on the forward pack going into the next few years. Now, personally, I think that has had a massive impact because, um, and it's not just Tino. I mean, Dalvin Ukins left in the past year as well. Felice Kalfusi has left. Um, you know, the Bromwich brothers have both left this side as well. There's been a fuck ton of losses. Everyone from the bench in the in their last grand final has left, which is crazy. Brandon Smith as well through the middle. You can really tell how much they missed Brandon Smith uh, coming off the bench and just going through the middle uh, as that roaming lock forward. They really miss it, the Melbourne Storm. They really do. So, um, yeah, I mean, they really need to go into the market and look for some forwards. And I think finding a Brandon Smith-like forward, I think they would thrive with a Dylan Walker coming off the bench. I really do. Uh, But they need to go into the market and have a look for some guys that are off contract, some mongrel forwards. I think they could have really made a strong play for a Spencer Lenu. They did try to go for Tino when he came off contract during the year, um, but obviously failed. But yeah, look, they're missing a strike front rower. They are desperate for one for me. I think that's exactly what they need going into next season. So they do need to go and sign someone very, very quickly. Um, and they also need to replace Jaden Nikarima and Tarek Sims, getting someone else in there because they can't afford to lose uh, any more forwards without getting anyone else. So uh, finding someone to replace Tarek Sims and even getting another one or two forwards on top of that, uh, I think is the key for Melbourne going into next season. But all in all, pretty successful year. Not really to Melbourne standard and not as dominant as we've seen from Melbourne in the past, but uh, I'd say a successful year. Any year a team gets into the top four, you have to consider that a successful year. In terms of where I place the Melbourne Storm going into next year, Look, it's going to be tough. I mean, a lot of people can say they get into the top four again. I don't think they do. I'm going to chuck them at fifth. I think fifth is in and around where we see them. Uh, I'm probably going to push the Knights down to seventh. Uh, I had the Knights, obviously, at fifth. I'm going to chuck them down to seventh. Um, I think that's pretty fair. I'm going to go the Storm to fifth. I don't think they make the top four again next year if they don't sign any more forwards. Let's move on to the Broncos. Broncos, A-plus this year. I mean, I personally expected them to bounce back from last year and have a much better year, but I definitely didn't expect them to go as well as they went uh, this year, getting into a grand final and nearly winning the damn thing. Uh, Pretty much won the grand final bar the last 20 minutes, which is absolutely insane for the Broncos. You look at the last few years, uh, it was only two or three years ago they won the wooden spoon. Now they're back. 
uh, and winning, nearly winning comps, which is crazy. I think they're in and around there again. I'm going to say it now. They're second for me. I'm going to put them at second place on the ladder. Uh, Panthers, I think, will get first again. So I'll already put that there before we even go into the Panthers. We'll obviously go into the Panthers in a second. But uh, Broncos, for me, I think get second. I think the Broncos get A+. Plus. I think that a really solid year. Um, and, you know, as I said, unexpected with how they went last year. Also, very consistent. I thought their consistency was a big part of their success this season. They were winning a lot more games than they were losing. I think they only won one or two games. Uh, sorry, lost one or two games uh, last year as well. I'll go into the NRL up and have a little look at the ladder. Uh, they lost six games. They lost the same as the Broncos. Well, there you go. Uh, they lost a lot more. Uh, they lost a lot less games than they won. They won 18 games, same as the Panthers. They had the exact same record, the exact same amount of buys as the Panthers as well. They pretty much had an identical year to the Panthers, which is absolutely insane and unheard of. Even teams that have been in the grand final in the past, uh, over the past two years when Penrith have uh, won, you know, we've seen them have very different years and. A little less successful years than the Panthers. The Panthers have been way more dominant as well. It just goes to show how much the comp has evened out. And we say this again and again on the podcast, but the comp has evened out. And I think it'll even out even more um, going into next year. Let's talk about the Broncos, though. The Broncos and who they have signed going into next year. And who's going? Uh, who's leaving the Broncos as well? Some big guys uh, who are going to other clubs as of next year. So they're getting in Fletcher Baker from the Sydney Roosters. I think that's a great signing. I think it really uh, suits uh, their forward pack as well. Losing a guy like Kenan Palacea is big. He's a forward that plays big minutes. We've seen Fletcher Baker play 40-plus minutes in a game before. Um, I'm keen to see how long Fletcher Baker plays for the Broncos. I doubt it will be that long. Um, you know, obviously, you've got guys like Payne Haas and Paddy Carrigan. And it's Tommy Flegler did play big minutes to an extent, but he's not there anymore anyway. I could even see Fletcher Baker starting in the front row. I really could. I think that he might start with uh, Payne Haas. Uh, unless they move their side around a little bit more, I couldn't really think of too many other guys that would start. Um, you know, we could see Kobe Hetherington maybe moving into the third end. We might even see Paddy Carrigan move into the front row. I just feel like that's too much movement. I'd love to see Fletcher Baker start in the front row. I think he definitely can um, for the Brisbane Broncos. So big in there, Fletcher Baker. Tom Flegler obviously leaves to go to the Dolphins. Kenan Palacea to the Gold Coast Titans. I feel like they need to go into the market and sign one more front rower just so they're getting back what they've already lost. Uh, Herbie Farnworth, though, going to the Dolphins as well. I think that's probably the biggest loss of any team, uh, Herbie Farnworth leaving to go to the Dolphins. Uh, I feel like, you know, it's going to leave a bit of a gap. Then again, Jesse Arthurs has been insane this season and coming in for the Broncos, he's been really impressive. I think he goes into centre uh, and then maybe Corey Oates pops back onto the wing depending on if he is going to another club next season. Uh, there's a lot of rumours that he was going to Newcastle. Uh, they pretty much got put to bed. Hasn't been re-signed yet, uh, but we'll have to wait and see what happens during the off-season, whether they keep him or let him go. The fact that they dropped him just as finals came around suggests that they might be looking to offload him to another club, but maybe I'm looking too far into it. We'll have to wait and see. As far as I know, I've got Jesse Arthurs going into the centers. Deloise Hoyter could go onto the wing as well. I uh, was really impressed with him when he came in for the Broncos this season as well. I could see him maybe starting on the wing. 
But yeah, look, we'll have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see what happens there with the back line. Uh, so yeah, big losses. Tom Flegler, I think, will be a big one as well. Just finding the guy to go in for him. I think it will be Fletcher Baker at this stage, unless they sign someone else that I'm suddenly forgetting is off contract. But there's not too many guys that are off contract forwards at the moment, as far as I know. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. Let's talk about the Broncos this season. Unexpected how well they went. We obviously had a discussion about this before. Uh, we, <laughs> I mean, we knew that they were going to turn things around um, from after, obviously, having a pretty dreadful end to last year. But for them to get into a grand final, absolutely amazing. We talked about it at length before. We won't really touch on it again. I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit there. Uh, but, yeah, look, it's just worth reiterating how incredible their turnaround was from the last few years. Uh, going from a wooden spoon to three years later getting into a grand final and nearly winning the thing is incredible. Um, two to three year turnaround from a spoon. It, it is just insane. Uh, Reynolds, Mam, and Walsh. Uh, getting into a grand final in their first year all together in the spine. It's the first year that Walsh, Mam, and Reynolds have played together, all three of them, uh, for a long period of time, for pretty much a full year, bar obviously when uh, Reynolds and Walsh were both out with injury and suspensions. Um, but yeah, they pretty much played with each other for the whole year. Uh, the cohesion was great. They really gelled well together, especially Reynolds and Mam. I feel like they gelled together so well. Um, it's very similar. It's almost like having a younger Cody Walker um, in South terms next to Adam Reynolds there. Uh, really, really solid stuff. And Mam's had a fucking outstanding year. He definitely deserves 5-8 of the year. He was absolutely outstanding. Again, another guy that for me was in the 5-8 of the week pretty much consistently um, You know, in my team of the week every week. He was just had such a consistent year. Um, he was you know, having... Seven, eight out of ten performances, very consistently. Uh, same as Reynolds, to be honest. He, his kicking game was up there with some of the best kicking game I've seen from him uh, in his, in his career, pretty much. He was in career best form this season, bar his injuries. Uh, Reynolds playing good footy, man playing good footy. Walsh coming over to the Broncos has to be the best thing for his career. He's made his origin debut this season. Um, you know, very, very close to making his Australian debut. Um, obviously, I thought that with Nathan Cleary being ruled out of the World Cup this season, he would come in um, and into the squad, him or KP or Dylan Edwards. Obviously, Nico Hines came into the squad, um, which was, again, I mean, he's a good halfback and they need a backup halfback, but I feel like you need a backup fullback as well because Tedesco could equally just, just get injured. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know if Nico Hines needs to be there over Mam. Um, Mam even, I think Mam's had a great year and... Um, you know, Walsh, KP, or Dylan Edwards as well. I, I feel like I wouldn't have picked Nico Hines over Dylan Edwards and, um, you know, Kalen Ponga or Reese Walsh even either. Um, but, you know, congratulations to uh, Nico Hines. He's had a big year. Um, he's pretty much carried the Sharky side to as far as they've gotten this year. I hope it evens out a bit. And we obviously talked about that when we were reviewing their year. So if you want to go back and have a listen to that one, if you haven't already, make sure you listen to that one. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, he deserves to be there, Nico Hines. We're not talking about them now. We're talking about the Broncos. Um, Reynolds has played more than 20 games this season as well. I think that's a massive positive. Uh, obviously missing minimal uh, football due to injuries. 
Last year wasn't the same. He missed a ton of football due to injury. Uh, we didn't really get to see a full year of Renault. We technically got to see a full year of Renault this year. He was only out for two or three games, uh, and he played really well, really good footy. Um, so a real positive sign that he's playing uh, for longer during the season and being injured less, and hopefully it's the same next year. The only negative for the Broncos for me uh, was the fact that they lost Herbie Farmworth. I think that's huge. I think that, again, it's going to be a massive gap there. Um, you know, depending on if they keep Corey Oates, it could be a huge gap. They might need to go into the market and find someone to play center if they want Jesse Arthurs on the wing. Otherwise, they've got Deloise Hoida there, who has been great. They can re-sign Jordan Pereira to play on the wing uh, and obviously then push Jesse Arthurs to the centers. So they have options. It's not like do or die stages for them. They have options. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, they might need to look at finding someone to come in potentially. Otherwise, they can just work with what they've got. Uh, but they've had a very successful year. Congratulations to the Brisbane Broncos getting into the grand final. Uh, really big two to three year turnaround. Very successful year. Uh, Payne Haas and Paddy Carrigan, you've got to shout those guys out as well. Payne Haas, um, you know, really getting back to form. Uh, last year was a pretty up and down year. They had a lot going on personally for him to turn all that around this season and have a really strong year. Um, I think he's really, really impressive. So uh, big shout out to Payne Haas. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, a big season for him, a big season for Paddy Carrigan as well. Really impressed with Paddy Carrigan this year. Again, a massive origin performance, a massive finals performance. Him in that grand final was probably one of the better forwards out in the park. Uh, he was absolutely sensational. Dumney's game down a little bit to play more like a front rower, play a more aggressive game, which is what we liked as well. Uh, but a big year for Paddy Carrigan. He had a massive, massive year for the Broncos. So did Payne Haas. Uh, and a big year for the Broncos all up. We've talked about pretty much everything we need to talk about there. Uh, let's move on to the minor premiers. And obviously, we'll reiterate as well. Broncos, we gave them an A-plus this year. And we reckon they'll finish second next year. They'll be the top two again with the Panthers. Panthers, I'm giving them an A. The only reason they're a little bit less than the Broncos because of circumstances, the two to three turnaround versus they do this every year. They actually lost more games than last year as well. Um, so I'd take them down a peg and put them in, at an A, the Panthers. Uh, but then again, if I'm picking as to what side I'd rather coach, whether it be a Panthers side of 2023 or of 2022, I'd go 2023 just because of the year that they've had as individuals as well and the experience that they have in grand finals as well um, is fantastic. Now, the Panthers have had some pretty big signings. They're very opposite to last year where they pretty much came into this year uh, with the same squad as the year before. Um, but this year, they're getting some guys to go on to next year, some great depth. Um, they've got Dane Laurie uh, from the West Tigers. Obviously, Dane Laurie um, left because he was just unneeded there. I mean, it was a part of the plan uh, last year, this year. It pretty much got overridden. Jareen Buller was in there, um, and, and he was just in reserve grade, playing out of position as well. He was playing 5'8 for most of the year as well. Mind you, had a great game at 5'8 for maybe one or two games coming in at the back end of the year for the West Tigers, but... I think fullback's his position, um, and I think he'll be a great depth guy because now he has experience in both positions as well. So a blessing in disguise, I guess, um, with Dane Laurie is that he has played 5-8 all year uh, and that he can play 5-8 you know, if you know, Jerome Luai does go down at the start of the year uh, or if Nathan Cleary goes down at the start of the year as well. 
Uh, obviously, Dane Laurie can come in and fill in pretty much anywhere. Uh, Brad Schneider, again, a great backup halfback for when Nathan Cleary is playing Origin. You'd imagine we'd have a Brad Schneider and Dane Laurie halves pairing um, going into Origin as well. I think that is fucking outstanding. That's a sick halves pairing uh, when we go into Origin. That's a halves pairing that can still win games. Brad Schneider, totally different player to last year. Um, obviously, I played a little bit with the Canberra Raiders and played some pretty decent football. Ball, but he's completely changed as to what we saw him last year, as to how we saw him last year, I should say. Uh, he was over there winning big games for Hull, um, winning massive games for Hull. His kicking game was outstanding. Uh, ball playing really, really solid as well. Massive improvement from what I've heard. Uh, I've heard, sorry, over... Uh, playing for Hull KR. I thought that he, uh, you know, I've heard that he's been playing some really decent football. Uh, and Paul Alamotti, I think is a big signing as well. He will come in to replace Stephen Crichton for me. And I think he's going to do a big job and probably will be one of the better centers in the competition. I could potentially see him getting a Dallium center of the year next year. If the Panthers really do kick on, Again, get into a grand final, which we know they probably will. Uh, and he has a big year scoring-wise. I honestly do think he could be in contention for a Dallium Award n- uh, next year. Now, big call. Massive call from me. But um, I think that he's got the ability, and especially in a Panthers outfit, coach the right way, I think he could be a really big uh, you know, sensation in this game. And I really do think that he could be um, a really, really damaging center in our game at the Penrith Panthers for sure. So big signing for the Panthers. I'm keen to see him in the trials. I imagine we will. Um, I'm keen to see the impact that he does have in this side. Uh, now looking at the losses for the Panthers, Stephen Crichton as a loss is humongous. Hugh Mungus, a massive loss. Now, yes, Paul Alamotti's coming in, but it's nothing like Stephen Crichton. Going over to the Bulldogs this season, um, you know, obviously to play fullback potentially, could move back into the centres after the grand final he had at centre and after the year he's had at centre as well. Um, but, you know, a massive loss for the Panthers. Yeah, he's one of those guys that is just his own player uh, and quite irreplaceable as well. I think Paul Alamotti can have a big year, can have that Dallium sort of year as we predicted as well, but... I don't think it's going to be uh, close to Stephen Crichton and how he plays and uh, when he's fully locked in, the, the peak and the ceiling that Stephen Crichton does have at centre as well. It's going to be interesting to see if Paul Alamotti can match that. Totally different players, but let's see if Paul Alamotti can really play some good football in that Panthers side. I think anyone playing centre in a Panthers side can play good footy. Paul Alamotti especially. I'm very keen to see how he goes. Uh, Jermaine Salmon also going to Canterbury. I think that it's a big signing for them as well. Uh, he's one of the better four for me, I think he's very underrated. Um, you know, I think that he could do a great job as a 14 that side. I imagine that's where he'll be playing for the Bulldogs uh, in replacement, obviously, of Farmanu Brown, who mid-year went to the Newcastle Knights. Uh, so Jermaine Salmon, for me, uh, could play that 14 role. Um, Spencer Lenu going to the Roosters as well, I think is massive off the bench. It uh, just uh, takes off a little bit of the impact off the bench. I feel like if there's one person or one player, I think that... Uh, the Panthers need a sign going into next year. It is Spencer. Uh, sorry, it is a, a Spencer Lenu like forward, or just a mongrel forward. I think there's a lot of teams that could deal with a mongrel forward, but I think the Panthers do need to replace Spencer Lenu. I think I don't think he's a guy that you can just replace with Matt Eisenhuth off the bench. Um, no disrespect to Matt Eisenhuth, but two very different players. Spencer Lenu just brings that impact off the bench, but he's not just someone you can replace with a you know a Matt Eisenhuth or a, a Lindsay Smith. He he needs to be replaced 
with a mongrel forward because you lose a lot of intensity off the bench, losing Spencer Lenu. I think that's something that need to replace. Uh, and Jack Cogger uh, going to Newcastle as well, obviously going back to Newcastle where he debuted. Um, I'm very keen to see how he goes um, at Newcastle, whether he's a depth player, whether he's a 14. I'm very keen to see where he fits into this side. Um, I think he's going to do very well over there in the lower grades even. Um, but let's have a talk about Panther, you know, the Penrith season, Penrith's pursuit of perfection, let's call it. Um, they put any doubt uh, of their chances to go for a three-peat to bed, pretty much. Uh, they had an eight-match winning streak towards the end of the regular season as well. Uh, Nathan Cleary, his race to immortality. I mean, fuck, he had one of the better grand finals, winning three comps. He's played a ton of origins. He's played for Australia. He's doing great things. He just needs he just needs a uh, Daliem award, and he's obviously been robbed of a few Daliem awards. He needs the Daliem. It's pretty much the only thing he needs to do, to be honest, and perform in the origin arena. Um, I think that he already is on the race to immortality, even if he doesn't play one fucking phenomenal origin, like just one origin game where he is the standout, I think he could be an immortal 100% because yeah, just the way that he's playing at Clubland and he's not even even close to his prime. He could play for another 10, 12 years, Nathan Cleary. Um, you know, <laughs> we're, only, we're only scratching the surface um, of Nathan Cleary's career and I'm very excited to see the rest of it. Obviously very unlucky to miss out on the World Cup this season with injury. Nico Hines comes in for him. Um very unlucky this year to miss out on that Pacific Championship. But next year, I think he's going to come in primed. I think he's going to come in ready to go. Um, and I'm very keen to see how he goes. And Nathan Cleary next year. He's had a big, big year. Um, and yeah, race to immortality. He is well and truly on that race. I think a big positive for the Panthers this year has been being able to keep guys around. Keeping around Dylan Edwards, Nathan Cleary, Brian Toto. Um, obviously, they did lose Stephen Crichton, um, which I guess, I guess keeping guys around has been a blessing and a curse for them. But keeping around some of the main guys, Isaiah Yo, um, you know, uh, potentially Jerome Luai if he re-signs, I think that's a really strong effort there from Penrith. And you've got to give credit where credit's due. Phil Gould for bringing these guys through all together as well. Um, you've got to give credit where credit's due. It's a big uh, amount of credit there to Phil Gould for what he's done in that organisation in the lower grades. No wonder they win a numerous amount of comps all throughout the grades in 2022, especially when they did win the comp in all the grades. Uh, but yeah, keeping these guys around, um, keeping key guys around especially has been a big thing for them. Again, it is a big curse, and I think uh, cap pressure is a big part of that. Can they keep Luai around, and how long can they keep Luai around for? Because obviously his best mate, or one of his best mates, has just gone to Canterbury. Um, I think Brian Toto as well will miss his best mate as well when he comes off contract. It could be very interesting to see what happens there. But, um, you know, keeping key guys around, it's a blessing for them, and they've done a great job of it. But, you know, losing Stephen Crichton, Potentially could, could lose Luai um, if they don't have the cap space for him. They had 800k, but then they've signed another three or four guys. So I don't know how much money they have in the cap right now. Um, but, you know, hopefully they were keeping around that 800k and saving it for Luai. I think they've got to keep him. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in this offseason. Very, very interesting. I think it's 2025 is what they're bargaining for here, not 2024. I'm pretty sure he is signed on to next year. It's 2025. 
Uh, let me just have a quick squeeze at the contract. Should have probably had a look at this before, to be honest. Jerome Luai contract, doing this live on cut. Let's have a look. Uh, expires at the conclusion of the 2024. So he is signed on for next year. It's about 2025. So um, he's probably going to wait this out, to be honest, until maybe they potentially get a bit of a, a an increase in how much money they have in the cap if they let some people go between now and the start of the season. Um, maybe, maybe he might wait it out till next year or halfway through next year before he makes a call in his career. But uh, be very interesting to see what he does. Um, keeping key guys around has been a big thing for them, but the cap pressure could see some guys leave this organization. They were very lucky to keep Dylan Edwards. And I think they might have overpaid Dylan Edwards a little bit. Um, and I'm saying that because they probably should have saved a little bit more money for Jerome Luai. Um, so they probably should have probably skimmed a little bit off what they offered Dylan Edwards. I'm sure he would have stayed either way, um, but skimmed a little bit off what they offered Dylan Edwards and given that to Jerome Luai, I think they, what's what they should have done. I think Luai, I mean, to keep him around, I think you got to pay a little bit more than 800K just quietly for me. Uh, I think he's worth 750. Uh, I think he'd be very lucky to get 750. Um, but um, yeah, look, I mean, he could get offered upwards of 850K from other clubs. He could be offered a million dollars from other clubs, to be honest, uh, like the Dolphins and probably the Bulldogs as well. I think they've got a little bit of money in the cap from guys that they've lost. Um, so very interesting to see what happens with Jerome Luai. Um, anyway, so this podcast doesn't go for longer than an hour. Um, always staying in games. The Panthers has been a big thing for them this year. Uh, the biggest loss of the year was against the Eels, 32-18. And I think that's something that I have as a negative for the Panthers, uh, consistently losing to the Eels in games, especially in the regular season. Yes, they pumped them in the grand final last year, but um, they haven't won a regular season against the a regular season game against the Eels in a while. I don't think so. Uh, I think that's going to be a goal beating the Eels. Um, I think it's a big thing for them. Uh, Dylan Edwards was dependable at all times uh, at the at the back there for the Panthers. He was really good this season at fullback. Uh, Stephen Crichton was electric. Brian Toto strung together. Uh, a run of 16 tries in his final 12 matches of the season. So try-scoring freak there, Brian Toto. Uh, Sania Taruva bagged Rookie of the Year uh, this season as well, uh, while Jerome Luai uh, was obviously... You, just his usual zippy self. He was really, really impressive this season. Uh, Liam Martin, I thought he's had a massive season this year as well. Big year for him. Dallium team of the year as well. Scott Sorensen, I thought was great this season as well. Uh, became a starting back rower during the season as well. I feel like we've seen a new Nick Meany this year as well. Yes, he's just the um, battler number nine that gets through his work in defense and gets through a shit ton of work at that in defense as well uh, and just gets his side to the other end of the park. Very simple number nine um, and a very old school type of number nine as well, which we don't really usually see um, you know, these days as well. Isaiah Yo, he was the side's compass in terms of his ball playing, in terms of how he took this side around the park. Uh, he was a big part of their ball movement. So Isaiah Yo, probably one of the better I look forwards in the competition. Uh, speaking of compasses for this side, um, Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, once again, uh, formed as one of the most fearsome duos in the competition in terms of front rowers. They're probably the two best front rowers in the competition right now. Um, and, you know, you can't really push back on that whatsoever. No denying that 
you know, Nathan Cleary was the star of the show. A breathtaking performance in closing stages of the grand final as well. Um, and obviously a big, a few performances this season from him as well in terms of his kicking game and his running game has become more evident this year. And particularly we saw with Jack Cogger at 5'8", he just freed him up to be a little bit more zippy, which is, I, liked, I actually like to see that from Nathan Cleary. A bit more of a running game about him rather than when Luai's there, he has to really keep to his structure. Um, I don't mind him playing with a more structured guy. I think that he could be a great... He would have been a great six in the World Cup uh, to Daly Cherry Evans. I would have loved to have seen that, to be honest. Um, I'm disappointed that he will be out, obviously, with injury. But, fuck, I would have loved to have seen that uh, in the World Cup. But we'll talk about the Panthers. Um, Disappointing start to the year. Uh, Not as consistent with wins. Obviously, getting six wins where... Uh, six losses, sorry, where obviously they didn't have too many losses last year. I don't think they had many. I don't think they had way less than six. But I don't think that's because the Panthers are less dominant. I think that's just because the comps evened out so much as well. Um, so obviously it results in them uh, losing more games. Uh, Parramatta, as we said before, they seem to be a problem for Penrith during the regular season. I think beating, Pen- uh, beating Parramatta is going to be a big thing for them during regular season and consistently as well. Draining the confidence out of Parramatta is going to be a big uh, cap pressure to keep Luai, I think, is big. Cap pressure to keep most of their stars is going to be big over the next few years. Uh, three defeats in four games to start the year. As I said, poor start to the year, but uh, won the comp in the end. Had a really, really solid year to end the year as well. Uh, I think they'll be the minor premiers again next season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And there you go. That is your last uh, season review preview for the season. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that one. Make sure you go back and listen to any of them that you haven't listened to. Obviously, this one being the longest one of them all. Uh, but yeah, make sure you go back and listen to anyone that you haven't listened to yet. Um, these podcasts, they are long, but they are in depth and we go through all the points for every team this year. So make sure you don't miss out on any of the other podcasts. But there you go. That is your final season review preview. One.